You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 26. Episode 26. So, tell us, uh, Tyler, what have you been up to as far as poker goes? Oh, man. I had one session. Uh, I was only able to play one session last uh, week. It didn't go my way. <laughs> they won't all. They won't always. Although with the tear you've been on, it's all. It kind of feels like it when you were on that uh that big upswing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I had one. Like, I mean, the session started off with like an instant double up, where I ended up playing a hand that I shouldn't have played, and I flopped trips, turned a boat, and some guy jammed all in for all for all the money for like three x pot on the river or on the turn. That's beautiful. Yeah, and then I ended up flopping a set for someone. You know, I was running really good until I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I had that one hand where I flopped the nuts I was telling you about. It was, um, what did I have? I had 8-9 on the uh, 7-10-jack flop. Oh, wow, yeah. So I flopped the straight in a multi-way pot, dry board, and then... The turn brought a nine, and then I ended up losing to queen eight. God, that's tough. It was tough. But I remember you telling me the hand, and, like, the fact that it changed, like, I mean, it sounded like you actually lost the minimum on that hand for having flopped a straight, and, because I remember you saying it went check, check on the river, because I think a flush draw came in. Correct. Uh, So, uh, but, yeah, it's always tough to flop the nuts, I mean, be dreaming of what exactly you're gonna, what's gonna happen, and how your the session's gonna go your way, and then watch it uh, flitter away when you end up losing the hand. Yeah, absolutely. So I lost that one, and then I forgot. Ended up losing another one, and but I mean, like this is how bad it ended up going off the rails. I had a hand where I thought I was open ended and tur- and rivered a straight, and then. I called the bet on the river, said I had a straight, turned over my hand, and didn't even have a straight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not profitable. (laughs) I mean, that's how the session was going. (laughs) And the poker trading site that is sponsoring (laughs) us. Right, it would be our bank account. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... Yeah, never good. Never good to think that you have a nutted hand. I mean, I will say this. At least, well, I don't know. Maybe it would have worked out if you would have rewrote the straight. <laughs> um, and then shortly after that, I ended up. So, a while ago, um, I had played a hand where I had two three suited, and I hero called some guy down with threes with the deuce kicker when he had king high for a gigantic bet. Uh, this was probably, at this point, like a year ago, right? Okay. And I ended up talking to one of the coaches or whatever, and they said, you should never play 2-3 suited. It's unprofitable from any position on the table. Okay, yeah, I mean... You believe that? 
hundred percent, I believe that. <laughs> no, no, no. Three high. <laughs> no, I, I mean, no. if the coach said anything else, they should be fired. <laughs> no, I believe it too. I'm just making sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you were confused. I mean, or you, you seem super skeptical of that comment. <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't know if you were questioning it or if you were agreeing with it. That was why. I'm questioning how you even questioned the coach about. It. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No, no, I didn't. I, I just sent in a hand, and they were um, saying. You know, the real issue is here that you're playing two, three suited. Take that out of your range. I was like, all right, gotcha. Right? <laughs> Nut loves out of my <laughs> So, keeping that in mind, um, I get dealt two, three suited. <laughs> I mean, why are you paying for poker training at this point? <laughs> A year ago, they told me not to play two, three suited. So yesterday, two three suited as we're starting out the hand. So I get dealt two three suited, right? Okay. And I think, how much trouble can I possibly get in with two three suited? I'll just fold if things get too dicey. And I was also thinking about that hand a hero called down. So I was like, I'll play it just because, just to remember that hand is what I was thinking, right? Christ, man. <laughs> no I, wonder you don't get tilted from like. Like, I'm just, like, crying at the table because I've been having a got a playable hand in, like, three hours. Tyler's like, every, every hand's playable. They let you call. Go, go on with 2-3 suited. So, I have 2-3 suited. I was like, all right, this will be great. So, the, I have 2-3 of diamonds. The flop comes 9-10 jack, all diamonds. Oh, wow. What a flop for this hand. Yep, what a flop. Um, I end up raising the flop to then, no, I bet, sorry, I bet and then got re-raised and by a guy who, um, very capable player had, you know, played seven deuce, uh, suited in one of my giant three bet hands and I end up folding and he ended up winning it, hero calling down with a pair of deuces or someone else. Oh, wow. So I was never, I mean, he ended up putting me all in. Um, and I called, and I was like, ooh, I flopped a flush. He's like, you're good. I said, do you have a flush? He said, I do have a flush. I said, then you're good. He said, no, you're good. I said, I have, I have the worst flush. And he had four or five suited. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So that was a very unprofitable session. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, that, I mean, literally what you get from like two to three suited. Oh no, yeah. When I left, that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Well, you deserve that." So, I was like, "I mean, so there you go." Six minutes in, that's how that's how my week was. Do you think you can fold there? Um, what I ended up raising to, there was no my stack to pot was. I mean, I guess Ridiculous. I could, but I mean, I would have been. It would have looked strange, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, was it was his bet like three times or my, four no, times? No, my all, my all in was about two x the bet. Because I think uh, I ended up, I think I raised him, and then he put me all in, but it was two x that bet. Oh, okay, yeah. so he. Well, I don't know. Maybe even so, because I mean, he you mean he bet you re-raised, and then he went all in. Believe so, yeah. I mean, 
I guess. I mean, I I guess you can't in case it's a ace of di- single ace of diamonds, but I mean, at best you're thirty six percent. I think almost every time he has a flush here, it seems like. I mean, he's definitely not re raising. He's definitely not re raising year three bet with a top pair or something. So. Well, he could have had you know a straight plus a flush draw ace jack with the ace of diamonds stuff like that. And I mean, a player who's shown down tons of bluffs that session oh uh, if the guy has played okay like i'm always on the th- theory on like some players are just incapable of bluffs if he's a player who's capable of bluffs you definitely can't fold well he's the guy who called with seven deuce and hero called down with the deuce and a three bet pot versus someone else well i mean that's not saying you're capable of a bluff it's oh no no like a hero I mean, call. he yeah. bluffed as well showed oh, whatever okay. bluffs versus that same guy uh, okay i got no if he's capable of bluffs you really can't probably but it's a uh, because, I mean, like you say, I mean, if he has an ace of diamonds, he could also do it. So, but, and I think if, this is one of those, if it's 1-3 or whatever, and, like, say you bet 100 and they raise it to 400, uh, you could probably fold. Because, I mean, just, it's either the ace of diamonds, but they're winning 36% of the time, or you're drawing dead. Yeah, yeah, I so. mean, of course, that's the problems you get in when you have deuce three times. <laughs> oh no, hundred percent. Like I mean, you just get stacked, and that's just just yeah. shouldn't have done that to begin with. So. How happy was that guy to hear that you had a flush and you had he had you beat? <laughs> I mean, he's you've literally had the only single flush that he could beat, and it's one that almost nobody would ever be playing. Yeah, I got it. All right, what else happened this week? <laughs> <laughs> no, can you imagine the joy? <laughs> <laughs> went through this man's mind. Uh, okay, so what's uh what else is going on? Uh, I mean, I I don't know if I even play poker anymore, man. <laughs> I went on a downswing, and then I have had family requirements. I have been doing a lot of online poker. Right. Well, I mean, your downswing though, like we had talked about this. I'm still not sold that it's not just a PLO downswing because you play so much PLO. Whenever you play versus Hold'em. I mean, not so much in comparison. Yeah. But it's a lot of PLO hands, which I'm sure anyone who's listening who's played a round of each of PLO understands it. Like you and I always say, that PLO hand seems to either be how much you're going to win or lose on the night. And the Hold'em hands are just setting up the PLO hand is what it seems like to me. Oh, I mean, it's definitely that way. I mean, 100%. Especially when our a lot of times the Hold'em is 1-3 and the PLO is always 5-5. Five, five. That's a whole different conversation, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I can't even get into that right now, but just continue with the PLO. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's been, I don't know, man, there's been a, several Hold'em hold ones where it was, uh, it's just, I don't think it's bad play. I mean, I think, I think it's run bad that has turned into some, a little bit of bad play uh, and just kind of con- like compounded. I mean, it's not. It's nothing I haven't gone through before, but it's definitely not something I was looking forward to going through <laughs> again. So uh, I just got to ride out the variance. I mean, but I haven't. It's that's not the reason I've been playing. It's more like family commitments, and like a. Let's say it's very. I will say this: the downswings, and you shouldn't look at it this way, but it's easy to lose motivation to like play poker in the middle of a downswing. Well, like you said last week, at least a permatil. Yeah, I mean, like this la- the last live session, I go and buy in. I've got I feel like I've got a good mindset, 
Uh, <laughs> somebody raises. I call with Jack Ten suited, Jack High flop. Uh, it's three way pot. Uh, guy C bets. I call, and the other uh, person folds. Uh, I checked uh, there. The the guy, uh, he checks back on a blank card, brings it a backdoor flush draw. Uh, I cut what is it seems like a nothing card outside of hitting a backdoor flush draw hits. Uh. On the river, he bets like 50, nothing crazy. And I'm like, well, top pair, it hasn't, top pair hasn't changed, and nothing's really happened here. I feel like I gotta give, I feel like I gotta look this up here. Call 50, Jack High, no good. He, he, he hits runner, runner, backdoor flush. I mean, and which happens, there's no big deal. But I mean, the problem is, is when you're on the middle of a downswing and that's the first hand you play, I mean, <laughs> like you're just, I mean, you're like, here we go again. Uh, so it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I say, I, I mean, I can't really see it, see it leading to that bad a play, but it is, it is in the back of your mind all the time though. I mean, still the worst downswing. I mean, when was that last one where we went to what was, is 88 now, but was 52. How long ago was that? Uh, you know what? I was wondering about this one, like how long it's been. Because it's like, well, the last time we were doing the podcast. Right. So, I mean, it was, you know, probably three months, four months ago, maybe. Oh, that's right. We were. Because, I, I mean, if you guys think it's tough to play poker when you're on a downswing, try motivating some dude on a downswing to drive an hour to come record a podcast about poker when you don't want to play poker. Uh, yeah, and you get to talk about exactly how shitty of a player you've become. <laughs> yeah, so that is a tall order for me. So, yeah, well, good job. I'm here, so obviously obviously you did a, a decent job of it. Uh, like, I'm here, and I'm currently on a downswing. So, <laughs> so but it is... It, like I say, I mean, it's it's easy to lose sight. I mean, that's one thing, like, I tell everybody, like, everybody wants, like, in-depth strategy on, you know, poker. But one of the biggest things is just, you know, recording all of your your uh, sessions. as Because you really need to be able to go back and look at your sessions. Because your mind is just not, it's not made to think long-term. I mean, the short term, when you're playing poker and you're winning and you're on an upswing, you feel like, I mean, you just solved the game and you're just making tons of money. And when you're on a downswing, you feel like you're never going to win win a hand again. So going back and be able to look at all your sessions and be like, this happened here, this happened here, this is what I'm averaging, it's so important in the downswing. Because I will say that, before that, before I did that, I mean, you want to see me on a downswing. Every time I lost, and it was like like a third like a third session in a row, I'm like, I'm quitting poker. I'm just losing everything <laughs> and all of that, even though I was still profitable at the time. I mean, it's that's so integral in this. Right. Well, and I also feel like a ton of your downswing this time, at least. I mean, you've been. Um, your equity's been very high in all the pots to the river. I mean, it's not like you got it in bad and then lost a yeah. lot of these big hands. So, I mean, as long as you're getting it in good and losing, I mean... Well, like you say, like when I'm mixing in more PLO, 
Well, because like, people think, like, PLO, like, I mean, the variance is bad because, you know, aces versus, you know, tens, you are 80% favorite. And PLO, I mean, your good hand versus a bad hand is, like, 55 to 45% favorite. But here's the other thing is usually when you're getting it all in in PLO, it's usually almost a coin flip. Because it's usually a really great made hand versus a super big draw. So, I mean, you know, a set or a fl a set is a favorite over a flush draw. But, I mean, when you start looking at that flush draw with, you know, you know at least straight outs and backdoor outs and all of that, I mean... Even when you're getting it in, it's just it's basically just a coin flip a lot of times, right? And I mean, you lose four coin flips in a row; it's a massive downswing, right? I mean, yeah, and four coin flips happens all the time. So yeah, it's a uh, so yeah, it's kind of been on that. But what's interesting is like you and I were talking about off air, is it seems like not. I mean, just totally since I started recording, I guess the podcast in general, not the podcast recording uh poker sessions and tracking everything i seem to run so good at such crucial times because i was thinking about that as well oh man you're the amount of times you've been texting and everything's going to shit for you and you're like i'm about to be out and then four hours later you're talking you're you're calling me with like a winning session is insane your ability i mean you're i mean you're probably like 60% on winning hands versus losing hands, you're like 99% if it's your last hand. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. covered it all. There was another one last episode. I mean, literally, I mean, you have hit big. And, like, after that la that hand that you win, I mean, you had, like, four times where it was like you were out for almost zero, and you spiked up, and it became a uh, either a huge winning session or a winning session from which you were, like, down quite a bit. Well, but like you and I always say, it's not – Whenever you make a comeback like that, it's not a, you know, if you're in the game for a thousand and you cash out for a thousand dollar profit, it's really a two thousand dollar swing, though. Yeah, that's it, the. It's really yeah, psychologically, it's a d way different story, because like you say, it might be, it can be a twenty dollar profit, but I mean, if it was, if you were losing, you wouldn't go from losing a thousand to winning to even breaking even, that's gigantic. Absolutely, and I mean, literally, the epitome of the one of running good was that one where I had ace king all in, uh, and it went runner runner diamond. But then, oh, which yeah. led to my biggest session ever at five ten, or five ten twenty. But I mean, you know, this is one of those things where you just have to. I mean, you're gonna get bad beat and sucked out on. So I mean, you're gonna need you're gonna need to do it to somebody else at some point. Yeah. So you're advocating putting it in bad in hopes to suck out. Uh, that's, that's, that seems to be my strategy lately, yes. Uh, the sucking out, not working out so bad, so well. Getting it in bad, no, I'm, I seem to be pretty good at that right now. <laughs> but, so, okay, so you've been running bad live, but then you said you took it to the online streets and kind of, definitely different than live, right? Man, me and you were talking about, like, uh, the online and I, I don't like playing online that much, but I haven't been able to get my hours in uh, playing live as much. I mean, just like I say, other commitments. But I've been doing this, and I mean, but it has helped so much because 
I don't think I've been playing bad, but I think I revert to bad habits here and there. And, I mean, let's say you're playing on average like 20% of your hands live. So, I mean, if you're playing Deuce 3 suited, you seem to be playing 98%. But it's a, let's say you're doing 20% of your hands, and they're going through 20 hands an hour. Seems about right. I mean. Maybe even less sometimes. If you have someone at your table who just thinks and thinks. (sighs) Yeah. So, I mean, that means you're really only playing four hands every hour. Wait, 20 hands? What? Is, are you even doing that? We are... Yeah, about four hands every hour. Yeah, and I mean, and that's if you don't have to fold that hand pre-flop. I mean... Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then that's... I mean, there's a lot of hands that are going to play themselves. I mean, it's either a complete whiff or somebody has some... I mean, or you hit top pair, you bet, and somebody folds. So your flaws can really go undiscovered. Because, I mean, you're just not playing that... I mean, even though you're playing a lot, it's not that much volume. Online, I mean, when, especially I've been uh, three-tabling, I mean, it puts a magnifying glass <laughs> on just your just a gigantic amount of flaws that you have. Well, especially, like, also if you're playing live, the play is so bad that, I mean, you don't have to play that good to make a profit. Right, and I feel like you can kind of navigate a little bit easier on the... On the flop and the turn, right? But oh yeah, or post flop, yeah. So I mean, so I've been playing online. I mean, like my pre flops gotten lazy. Like I mean, it's it was more static, which is fine. Like a static pre flop range. Static means that it really is not changing that much from your position. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, in really, in all honesty, live you can do that and win just fine. Oh, I I completely agree with that. I mean, live. I mean, whenever I first started. I didn't adjust my ranges almost at all. Just, I mean, I played certain cards and that's what I played and end up, you know, I played tight. That was it. Yeah. I mean, squeak out a profit. Uh, you can play hands that are probably should not almost ever be played. I mean, at least not from middle early position, like queen Jack off or Jack 10 off two, three suited two, three suited. Yep. A hundred percent. Uh, it's, uh, so you can, and you can play those hands and get away with it, but you, as you play, online and it's against stiffer competition and more hands you really can kind of expose a lot of leaks of your game and like one of mine was like the pre-flop not paying as much attention like i just i do pay attention to position but not as much as i should and it really put a huge like exposure on that another thing was i went on automatic a lot and was like just see betting my my pre-flop raised hands whereas i should have been I should be reading the flop a lot more and having a little bit more of a checking range. So, like I say, it was it's been really really helpful to kind of look at it from a just gigantic amount of hands, and I think it's really helping my live game as well. Oh, I mean, I feel like it would just have to help your live game, right? But I mean, the one thing—not the one thing—one of the many things um, for me whenever I was. Not even when I was playing, when I was watching you play. Um, like, just even playing, like, king-queen, sorry, uh, queen-ten suited or off-suit. I mean, it's not even, I don't really don't even play it anymore. Yeah, well, I think queen-ten suited, you should. Yeah. But queen-ten off-suit, uh, 
you definitely should never be playing it from early or middle position. Uh, right. But I would, I mean, I was thinking I was, I mean, I was playing that hand too much and getting into trouble. Cause it seems like, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of the hands that kind of go way off the rails or, you know, I get tangled up in and get in tricky situations all could have been avoided preflop and should have been avoided preflop. I think that's 90, 99% of people. I mean, free, especially at lower limits where there's just a lot of call. I mean, like lower limits, it almost behooves you to play like ABC poker. Uh, so it's, yeah, Queen 10. Because, I mean, like I say, I mean, Queen 10 doesn't look bad. And really, in all honesty, when I have people who are just learning poker because it's an easy thing to say, I will tell them, like, if in blackjack it adds up to 20, go ahead and play that. Because I, if you play the the positioning and all that is just yeah. tough for people who've never played it before. Uh, I mean, you just get onto that a little bit later. But, uh, but as you start playing poker, I mean, Queen 10 doesn't sound bad, but it's definitely bot. I mean, definitely dominated by Ace 10, King 10. Uh, definitely dominated by Ace Queen, King Queen, King Jack is a favorite. Ace Jack is a favorite. Uh, so you're, yeah, it's a easily problematic. So, and like I say, tighten up the preflop range becomes very, very big. But like I say, just doing something where you, I would advocate a lot of people who play live, like even if you don't like online that much, playing it can definitely, you're definitely going to see gaps in your game that you just don't see live because you don't see enough volume and it's too spread out. Oh, and I mean, one of the... Not most interesting, but some something I heard that was interesting was just talking about how, like you said, just if you do it live and it works out, I mean, being results oriented is huge. Uh, just because it worked out that one time doesn't mean it was the right thing to do. But in online, you get punished because it happens over and over again. And those percentages are going to even out. Exactly. Like, I mean, in the variance is so much lower because you're just going through so many more hands so it's a uh, live i mean like you say i mean you can you can fool yourself a lot easier yeah 100 percent. i mean both good and bad ways i mean it's a uh, like during the bad i mean it seems like you know you might be playing worse than you actually are and during the good it seems like you're playing better than you actually are but online it's it's gonna even out very quickly but talking about, you know, it evening out and all the upswings and the downswings, I've noticed, man, it can be difficult to, I mean, now that I've been playing for a few years now, I mean, whenever you're on a downswing, I mean, it can be tough to kind of, I mean, I guess find the motivation is the right term to get out there and get all your um, hours in every week. I mean, this seems to be a constant struggle for me and you is equating being winning players with the amount that you're winning. So again, with the win rates that we both have, not that it's crazy. I mean, we're not at 50, 60 an hour, but it is substantial. And I mean, if we were just going to, if we were going to go to the poker room and you know, for a fact, you were going to get that amount after five hours, we would just be there all the time. Well, I mean, okay. It's nowhere near, but let's just say if you were a player making, Five dollars an hour, pretty pretty low. But I mean, that's still profitable, right? I mean, five dollars an hour. You're still better off doing that than almost any other hobbies I can think of. 
Yeah, I mean, if it's $5 an hour, that's still money that's being made. I mean, like I say, better off than playing video games, Netflix, and a lot of the other stuff. I mean, one of the biggest things I like is, like, I've never thought of poker as, like, a full-time job, uh, but most people have to pay for their hobbies. If you're making $5 an hour, it's not great, but at the same token, you're getting paid to do a hobby that you enjoy, and almost nobody does that. Right. I mean, one thing I would kind of look at, too, is, like, let's say you decide to stay home and watch whatever show on Netflix, right? Um, I don't even know what shows are on Netflix, but (laughs) some show on Netflix. Instead of going to play poker, I mean, you're kind of losing out on that poker money, right? I mean, kind of, do you kind of think of it that way whenever you skip? I don't know if I do. I know I know you should. Say, because I know I started to, because before, I mean, you know, obviously when you get into poker and you go from, you know, not being profitable to profitable, and it just, like you said, feels like you're printing money whenever you, you know, are profitable. Right. From unprofitable, for sure. Mm-hmm. Even making anything. I mean, you just want to be there all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think you, uh, I think... And don't get me wrong, this is the wrong person to be saying this because I can't seem to find balance in anything. But I do feel like you have to have a certain balance because, I mean, you have to, you do have to have time where you are taking away from poker and, you know, dealing with other things in your life, spending time with people you care about and stuff like that. Uh, maybe even uh, other things. But it is difficult... It's difficult when you relate a ho- like it's not really a job and it's not really a hobby. It's like both. Yeah, no, I mean it's definitely between you know watching TV and going to play poker. You should definitely be leaning towards poker because you're never gonna make a dollar watching TV. Yeah, so we're really just comparing this to other hobbies that you would have, and like almost like is it makes sense to even have those hobbies when you you know like. I mean, okay, we both like video games. You right. like you like League of Legends, and I like Overwatch. But all that much, like, if you spend four hours playing video games, really, and you could have been playing poker, what you did was just pay a hundred dollars to play video games, correct? Maybe more. Or like, yeah. say, <laughs> let's say your win weight's at twenty five an hour. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's when you start looking at it that way, it becomes very hard to like think of doing other things or if you should be doing other things definitely seems hard to justify paying a hundred dollars to play a game that you know with a hundred percent certainty you're never going to make a dollar playing i'm 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 on the verge of silver so (laughs) i I don't know let's 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 be careful there uh yeah exactly it's a yeah i mean getting the motivation like very much so. It's like I say. I think it's easy to lose sight because I mean it's not linear. Like, if, like I say, if let's say if you're 25 an hour, and you know for a fact if you go play eight hours, you were just gonna give all your winnings or your losings back, and you were gonna get a two dollar two hundred dollar paycheck. We'd just be doing it a lot more. I feel like, but it's easy to lose it in the mix of sometimes you're gonna win way more than that. But other times, you're also going to lose. So it's just really hard to keep it in your mind sometimes. Yeah, no, I don't know if that's kind of been kind of a struggle as of late, at least for me, is, you know, whenever you find something. 
I mean, whenever you find something else you want to, you know, watch videos on or focus on, I mean, it can be hard to go back. That's what I've kind of noticed to poker. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. I mean, it's definitely, it seems to be a struggle. I mean, it's also a struggle because like outside influences, at least for me, people who don't know poker are just not going to believe you're profitable. I mean, I, it's just not going to happen. So, like, everybody up my, up my life is, like, going to be like, well, he's just blowing money. He's just, he's spending eight hours not making money, but just blowing money. So, outside influences also come into effect, too, I feel like. Oh, man, I feel like it would be a whole other podcast just talking about just <laughs> you trying to explain to people how you make money playing poker, not losing it. It's not going to be a successful podcast. I mean, or it will. I definitely can't tell you tell people how to do, how to explain it successfully. So I am completely baffled on that one. But uh, like, there's a lot of things that keep you from doing it the amount of times you would. I thought it was interesting when we saw Ben Deach his a uh, new his new vlog and him saying he like tries to average do twenty hours a week, and I was the first time I heard somebody else like out with a job saying like they were trying to gun for a certain amount of hours when it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I mean, 20 hours a week with a full-time job is a lot of hours to be playing. That's for sure. Well, I mean, I'm, I mean, if you have a full-time job and a family, I am struggling for 10. So hundred <laughs> percent. That is a hard, a hard deal right there. <laughs> like, I'm gonna try to get three hours in this two week session. I mean, this dude is not getting the hours he needs, and I mean, and part of it is you just can't on on there, but part of it is you know motivation, and I mean, at a certain point, do you like say? I guess uh, the big thing is where you put the put it on the priority list of things, and I guess everybody's gonna have something different on it. True. Yeah. No. That's. Have you noticed online's kind of been a good substitute, or not really? It's too early to tell. Uh, I will say this: I don't enjoy it as much. Uh, I mean, the idea of pro- so far it has not been nearly as profitable as live. Uh, and I don't expect it to be. Just the games are going to be tougher. Uh, so I mean, and then I'm not playing the the same stakes that I play at live. So I am multi-tabling a little bit. So I mean, that's kind of help it a little bit. But it's going to take a little time to tell if it's going to be if how profitable it could be. Uh, but so far, it's nothing close to live. But again, we're still in a in a stage where there'd be a ton of variance. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember whenever I first started, I lost two buy-ins or not even two buy-ins, like $500 instantly. And my hourly was minus 500 an hour, but like you're going to have just giant swings at the beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, and I mean, again, like when I was playing, I was not playing great. I had to go back and look, uh, you know, pre-flop range charts and like it was some of the things I was doing. Like, I think it's gonna be super profitable. Like when I go, as I go back to the live streets, and I mean, I've got already some things that I really want to try that I that really didn't have it in my game. So, but as far as just doing online versus live, I mean, it's almost two different games, really. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. But I mean. 
at least getting tournament experience online seems to be great. I guess. I mean, I, <laughs> I haven't done one, so it's a uh, the tournament. Like, it's great, but I don't know. It's they're they're so long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like eight to ten hours, and you bubble like a tournament or something that's it was like a forty dollar tournament and ended up with like maybe forty seven dollars in your account <laughs> after eight hours. That just does not seem profitable at all. I mean, at that point, I don't know. I might have a better chance at the Overwatch Pro <laughs> if we're looking at eighty cents an hour. <laughs> well, I remember my deep run on one of those tournaments. I came in second at a $5 tournament, and I think I ended up making $200. But it was like 10 or 12 hours of play. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you want to talk about a board, dude. I was just walking around the apartment. I mean, just, I mean, like you said, just an extremely long time. I mean, it's fun if you make a deep run, but yeah, that's, I don't know. I like. I need to be able to sign out and uh, like have other deals. Like I can do a tournament easier, like live, because I know I'm there. I know I'm focused and all that. But online, man, it is grindy for a long time. I don't know how some people are online pros like that. Like that sounds so miserable. Just playing every single day, fourteen hours a day, online like that. I mean, it's weird because a lot of them like don't like playing live, and that's the only way they would play. I mean, I guess to each their own, but yeah, for me, me and you are on the same page. I think I like playing online to a certain degree, but I could never, like, as I could do, do if I had the time, I feel like I could get 20 hours in uh, live and still enjoy it. I don't think I could do 20 hours online extra uh, outside of my job and still do it, or 40, 50 hours a week. I think I'd just lose my mind. Yeah, like you said, just turn into burning money. But let's just call it. I guess we'll end this week on two notes. I'd still rather be an online pro than doing my current job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tough, tough in the medical field right now. <laughs> yeah, I could make that work. Okay. Um, even making like a dollar an hour, I think I'd make it work. Um, <laughs> and then also, don't play two three suited. We'll talk to you next week that was the texas poker podcast go ahead and rack up add time and we'll see you next week